On this next episode of the Staying Driven Podcast, I had so much fun sitting down with my good friend, Caitlin Verfurth. She's a four-time Paralympic athlete, and it was just so much fun getting to chat with her. This conversation went all over the map, but we hope you guys enjoy it. Let's get into it. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Staying Driven Podcast. I'm your host, Steph Roach, and this is a podcast with you in mind. I am here with my very good friend, Caitlin Verfurth. Hey, Kate, how you doing? I'm doing great, Steph. I'm so excited to have somebody back in studio. We've had all, the last couple of episodes have been people that have been a little bit further away from here, so it's nice to have a local friend come and say hello. Definitely. I'm honored and I'm excited to be on the podcast I'm, today. I'm so happy to have you. I don't know that we're actually going to get much done oh, today because <laughs> you and I, all we do is laugh together, but uh, I love that we have become such good friends over the last couple of years. But for those that don't know your story, why don't you share a little bit about yourself Definitely. and how we got here today? So I met Steph. Um, I started working at a, a nonprofit here in Phoenix called Ability360. And there's a, sorry, I got distracted <laughs> by the fly in the room. Um, and Steph came to shoot, you came to shoot your promo for, no, a video yeah. for um, the Abilities Expo. The Abilities Expo. Oh last, my God. Two last, years ago. Two years ago. So we've known each other for now two years. And um, it was like literally my first week at Ability360 and Gus sent me this thing about Steph Hammerman and she's coming in town and I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't know who you were. I felt bad because you're like <laughs> huge wheel. You're like, you're like CrossFit. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know much about CrossFit, yeah. but that was my first actual CrossFit uh, workout. That we did. That was awesome. And, and it was a huge production. It. it was awesome. And we had to like pretend that I've ever shot like a fitness yeah. video before because I definitely have not. It will look, but it was legit. I felt like it was real. And then there was one point where I almost flipped over. And then <laughs> I just was like, please just stay in your but chair. There was one point where she almost flipped yeah. over. But yeah. I think it was the true foundation yes. and beginning of our friendship. Absolutely. So. That was the best day. So I remember after that night, I went home, I told my husband, Greg, I was like, babe, I just met the coolest person. <laughs> and uh, Steph and Ty, Ty was there because yeah. he was helping. And I was like, I just met this coolest couple. I think they're going to be our new best friends. You don't even know it yet. And then I think we like started hanging out. Yeah, we uh, we only live probably about a half hour yeah, away from each other. Not too far. So we try to make an effort to see each other quite often, but life does get busy. Yes. Um, the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast, not only are you a wonderful friend and an amazing athlete, and this fly wants I'm to sorry, join. I'm sorry, this fly is distracting <laughs> me. This fly wants to join our podcast, apparently. But not, not <laughs> only... <laughs> okay, sorry. Not only are you an amazing athlete, uh, but you have quite an interesting story because you do have a spinal cord injury, but you sustained your spinal cord injury very early on in your life. Um, I would love to kind of chat about that and what that journey looked like for you starting from such a very young age. Yeah, so when I was seven years old, um, I was uh, involved in a motor vehicle accident and I was sitting in the back seat of an older vehicle and I was sitting in the, the middle seat where they just had a lap belt. There was no um, shoulder restraint. And um, I actually didn't have my seatbelt on and um, my mom was driving and my brother was in the front seat and we were running errands around town. I, I grew up in a really small small town called Port Washington, Wisconsin. And I was kind of being a butthead. I was seven years old and um, my mom kept telling me to put my seatbelt on. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't have to, I don't want to. Oh, I saw my older brother do it. You know, Brian, he did it the other day. He didn't wear a seatbelt, why do I have to wear one? And then my other brother turns around and his name's Peter and he was like, Kate, 
put your seatbelt on. He didn't say it like that. It was more um, like mean, like older brother-ish. And it kind of scared me. So I was like, okay, fine. So the last thing I remember, I would go click. And then I wake up and um, my mom was like, it was just chaos. And the windshield was cracked in. My mom was bloody and just like didn't even recognize her. My brother was like screaming and yelling about something. And then I just, the only thing I really, the thing that is always memorable to me is like I just went to like try to get out of the car. I unbuckled and then I, when I did that, I felt my leg with my hand and I was like, whoa, I can't feel my leg. And then I tried to move my leg and I, I couldn't move my legs. And then I was just like, oh my God, I can't feel my legs. I can't move them. Oh my God. Oh my God. I just, I was, I, I don't even really remember what I said at a seven year old, but yeah. I um, tried to scoot. I scooted out more to the side. I started opening the door and this lady who happened to see the accident happen, she was a nurse and she like came running and she's like, don't move, don't move. Like I told her like, I can't feel my legs. I can't move them. And she's like, that's, that's why you can't move. And then I was put on this flat board, taken to the hospital and um, I was in surgery probably within a day later. I had um, some some internal stuff. I had a hole in my bowel and in my stomach, so they had to go in and, and clean that up. And, um, yeah, I sustained a spinal cord injury. So I was super lucky, I think, because um, my level is T12, which is pretty low. It's, like, right, below, right above your um, lumbar. Um, so I'm pretty much paralyzed, and I have no feeling from the waist down. So um, it always could be worse is what I was tell people you know you, I'm, you know what I mean <laughs> and I think too we we know so many people with spinal cord injuries that the stories are so um they're very similar but they're all very different right yeah. and I think something that's so unique is that you do have the perspective from seven years old yeah not to negate anything of your memories from before you were seven but adapting to a different kind of lifestyle when you're seven years old versus when you're 37 yeah or even 27 oh. you know it, it's a big deal it's a so totally <laughs> hi hex it's a totally different uh animal because you know at seven years old or i, I think i turned um eight in the hospital because i was in the hospital for about three months which is just <laughs> fly Sorry, we should name the fly. There's this fly in here, everybody, that just keeps <laughs> keeps saying hi. Um, <laughs> at seven, you know, you just I guess I guess I just really didn't know any better. You know, I yeah. um, I knew I was different, and I knew the coolest part was is when I was going through my rehab and I spent time in the hospital. My the kids in my class actually got to come and visit me in the hospital, and they got to like see me and then you know see what kind of changes had happened to me because now I went from this girl that was just like them walking around playing soccer to somebody that's in a wheelchair and you know kids have a lot of questions and they're curious yeah. and um so the nurses you know they really like gave it to them straight like Caitlin's the same person she the only thing that's different about her is that she uses a wheelchair and that's how she gets around and you know if she wants help she's going to ask for it don't ever push her or you know touch her she'll ask for for that help so I felt like the hospital was really awesome and they were able to set, really set me up for success and going back to school and I felt like, you know, I really just wanted to be like everybody else. I didn't want to be different. And I, I don't know if you can remember being a kid, like, seven, eight years old. You oh, just, yeah. You just want to fit in. You don't want to be different, right? Well, and I think, too, you know, I've talked openly about my twin brother, you know, and my my older yeah. brother and my, my younger sister being able-bodied. Like, I grew up in this, quote-unquote, able-bodied world that for so long I never even really wanted to associate with other people that used chairs or accessibility devices and 
it really changed the the script for me when I found adaptive athletics. And I know for you, ath- uh, mm-hmm. being an athlete is such a huge part of your life. Not only are do you do athletics just for fun, um, you are a professional Paralympic athlete. And I think that is incredible. How many times have you been to the Paralympics? I've been to the Paralympics four times. Um, I went to Tokyo this last summer. I'll explain this well, once we get into it. Um, I went to Rio in 2016. Beijing in 2008, and then my very first Paralympics was Athens in 2004. And what were your sports for the Paralympics? Um, so for Athens, Beijing, and for Rio, I did wheelchair tennis. And um, after Rio, I decided that I was going to retire from wheelchair tennis. I've been playing professionally on the tour for about 20 years. I grew up as a junior. I went to the women's team on the for the U.S. and um, that was my that was my main focus. Like wheelchair tennis is absolutely my sport. I still love it today. Um, but then I was actually at the closing ceremonies in Rio in 2016. I happened to be walking into the you know the the stadium for the closing ceremonies, and I was walking next to the sprint canoe and kayak coach. And she's like, she kind of she got to see me play. I think one of my matches, or we were talking or something. And she goes, "Have you ever kayaked or canoed?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, you know, growing up as a kid, I grew up in Wisconsin. We did a lot of canoeing and stuff." So I was like, "Sure," but I had no idea what sprint was. Mm-hmm. No idea. Yeah. I'm just thinking I'm going on a boat, right? <laughs> and you're gonna go as fast as you yeah, can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that this boat is like maybe four, 55 centimeters wide. So if you lean, that boat leans and you tip over. Yeah. Um. And so it was really like trying to ride a bike on water is how I try to give that analogy. And you're trying to find that balance point. Um, And then also, you know, as fast, the faster you go in the beginning, I felt like every time I like tried to get up to my top speed, I would tip over for some reason. So um, once I got through those growing pains of learning this new sport, um, I got selected for the U.S. team to go compete in the Paralympics in in Tokyo. And... um, I didn't do as well as I wanted to. I actually, um, as you know, I'm recovering from rotator cuff surgery. I yeah. tore my um, supraspinatus at to- in Tokyo doing a bench press like three days before my event. <laughs> you silly. <laughs> I know. And I just pushed through, you know, like you. We're athletes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, too, it, it is the mentality, right? So when you're younger and, you know, you're now going into middle school, high school, you're having to adapt to a whole new world around you, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, when you're in elementary school, everyone's kind of like on that level playing yeah. field. And then when you get to middle, middle school, school, it changes. Like you couldn't pay me any amount of money to go to middle school right now, especially with social media. But like through middle school and high school, you're kind of evolving into this new mm. person and you're trying to find your people, yeah. right? And oh, yeah. so. What was it like when you found your adaptive athletic people? Mm-hmm. What was it like when you were like, aha, I'm going to try and go for the Paralympics? So, you know, uh, you know, thinking back, elementary school, I always had this, like, me and this guy named, this boy named Tony Schmidt, we were like buddies. We were like this. He and I, like, did everything together. And, you know, boys at that age, they don't really like girls. They just see you as a friend, right? Uh-huh. But then, like, once we got to middle school, you know, things changed. Like, he must have started to notice that girls had boobs and they had <laughs> and they had curves. And, like, oh, my gosh, I like them. So then, like, our relationship started to, like, get weird and we separated. And he, like, had all these new friends. And I kind of felt left out because, like, he was my man. Like, he was my boy. We were buddies. Uh-huh. And then I think it was 
I thought in my head, and I don't know if you ever felt like this, but I was like, it's the wheelchair, right? Like, okay, now I'm starting Have to I like... Have ever felt like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the first time, I think like fifth and sixth grade was the first time I realized, oh, I'm different. Yeah. And I, I'm not like my friends and... The guys in my class, they don't they don't look at me like they do with my friends now. Yeah. And that made me always feel like kind of weird and am I ever going to have somebody in my life and will I ever have a relationship? And I started to get really self-conscious, like 6th, 7th, 8th grade and I was trying those to be... Those were the wonder years. Yeah, right? <laughs> those were awful. And I remember, you know, I had, a, I had some really good friends, but then something got up my butt that I wanted to be with the cool girls and I got in with the cool girls. I was like, oh yeah, finally got in with the cool girls, right? But then I think I, I think I had an accident one time. Oh no! At school, and they found out, and I smelled or something, and they all this gossip. Did you hear Caitlyn shit her pants? <laughs> no longer was I part of the cool girls anymore. I was outcast. Oh no! So that's um so, <laughs> luckily for me um. You know, my family was super uh, athletic. We were, you know, my mom was an avid runner. She did marathons. Um, my brothers, you know, divers, swimmers. We, we were just a super athletic family. We always went on hikes together. Um, but when I got the spinal cord injury and I got in the chair, a lot of that outdoor stuff we used to do kind of went away. I'm making you laugh about my shit. I got a lot of good stories about that. Can I? Uh, this, this podcast is going off the rails. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that at all. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm going to let it all. I hope that people from my school, like, maybe they'll find this one day and be like, freaking laugh about this or they'll remember these memories. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry. Okay, I'm bringing it back. Uh, so I think, to, like I was saying earlier, finding that that group of adults. Oh, I was getting there. I'm sorry. I went the long way around. Okay. So wait, here we are. Here we are. Sixth, seventh grade. I shit my pants at school, right? <laughs> I, and I'm sorry. Um, all right. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> my mom, uh, my mom tells, or sorry, I'm still doing physical therapy during this time. I'm probably like, let's see. I went back to school with my car accident. Steph's not coming back. I think it's over. You're done. All right, <laughs> dude. I'll never forget. You can you can keep this, but I'll never forget this one time. I was sitting in science class, and I was sitting next to Aaron Schwanz. I really had a crush on Aaron Schwanz, and I was like, I need, I need a break. And I was like, you know, you, you know how you get like a bubble. You get like a bubble in your stomach. Like, mind you, people, spinal cord injuries. It takes five years to get your balls in check, dude. It takes five years. Okay. I'm still in yeah. like year three or four, right? I gotcha. I'm not laughing at you. I, I know. Was, I was not expecting that. This turn this, of events. <laughs> Go ahead. Anyway, we're in like earth science class. I can't remember, but we're in the front row and you share a desk. So you got you got the desk and then me and Aaron Schwanz. And I'm like, fucking Aaron Schwanz. I really have this crush on him. And I'm sitting in, the, in my desk seat and then my stomach like starts to bubble. And I'm like, uh-oh. No. No. And like something like... I start to get really hot and flushed, and then you start to like, I smell, and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. And then I can hear Aaron, and he's like, and then I was like, oh no, he knows. 
Luckily, there's only like eight minutes left of class and the bell is about to ring. I'm just really trying to play this off. Like, I am not even looking at anybody. I am so focused on what my science teacher is talking about, but Aaron's over there. And then, like, I hear the people behind me and they're like starting to smell. And I'm like, fuck, excuse me, I don't know if I can say that on this podcast. All of a sudden, the bell rings. Thank God. Everybody runs out to the hallway. Did you smell that? Oh, my God. That glass smells so bad. (laughs) I push as fast as I can to the office. I go to the nurse. I'm like, I got to go home. I got to go home. (laughs) That was the end of my day. (laughs) And I think even though, you know, it's a funny story, I think it's, let's take a little turn to the left. (laughs) This is real. This happens every day. Yeah. So let's take a little turn. Okay. um, And let's talk about that, right? So... You have things that are different every single day. And going to the restroom is yeah. one of those things. Very different. When you started to become those ages of, like, the end of middle school going into high school, how did that affect you? How, yeah. you know, did it affect your self-esteem? Absolutely. So this is how I was going to get back to how I found my friends <laughs> with adaptive sports. This, you guys, this is why we are friends. <laughs> if you don't know this, and she's totally an open book about it, she's got ADHD. I'll tell and you so everything. We got we to gotta course correct sometimes. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, I think that was a time in my life where my mom and my, I, I was still going to PT and I was had my OTs and they were really starting to recognize that I was really trying to find myself and... You know, I love being active. I would, you know, shoot baskets with my brothers in the in the driveway. And and uh, thankfully, my PT told my mom about the University of Whitewater. So the University of Whitewater, Wisconsin, first off, historically, they were, like, one of the first colleges to have, like, NCAA adaptive wheelchair, um, like, program. And they had, like, one of the best wheelchair basketball teams, both men's and women's. So um, University of Whitewater started a program there called, they called it Outreach. And once a month, uh, once a month for a weekend, your mom and dad or whatever, your, your family, they would drop you off at the school. And you get dropped off for a weekend. You get to hang out with the college kids. Like these kids are now counselors. And, you know, they're either like PT students or OT students or, you know, something along that line. And um, we got to hang out with them. We played wheelchair basketball. We got to do like hand cycling, um, road racing, wheelchair tennis. We got to try all these really fun sports on campus. We got to be away from our parents. And so like I got to spend like once a month every weekend like I had the best time of my life with other kids with similar disabilities, spinal cord injuries, CP, um, spina bifida, and we got to hang out. And that's what like really helped me build my self-confidence again because it made me realize like I wasn't alone and there were other kids like me out there and we were all dealing with the same thing and they taught me, tri- you know, the, the kids that were hurt longer or had their injury or, you know, whatever, if they were born with something, they had it longer, they're like, you don't need to carry that big old hospital bag with your catheters and your urinal and like a change of clothes. And, you know, they just kind of like taught me the ropes and made my life like so much more easier. And that just gave me more confidence. And, you know, slowly, I think every month I would come back and go back to school and like, you know, my teachers would tell my parents, like they would really see like my, my confidence, like really start to skyrocket. And it was really all because of these new people in my life and all the cool new sports that we were trying. And it made me realize like, Hey, if I can, play wheelchair basketball if I can do these like I can do anything you know yeah when did you have that aha moment of like I'm gonna try for the Paralympics 
So I, like, it was always a dream of mine. Like, I had a couple mentors in my life. Randy Snow, who was um, just a big mentor of mine, and he, I really looked up to him. He, you know, he was a couple, he was like at least a three- or four-time Paralympian in, like, three different sports. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, and I knew ever since... Ever since I, like, went to that first outreach camp and, like, saw what adaptive sports were and yeah. introduced, like, I knew I wanted to be a Paralympian. I just had no idea what. I always thought it was going to be wheelchair basketball because yeah. that was my first love. But um, I started playing tennis on my high school team. And really, honestly, Steph, the only reason why I got into tennis is because it was I, – I didn't have to find, like, nine other people to play wheelchair basketball with. Yeah. Because tennis um, – I could hit with my mom, my brother. You didn't have to have a disability to play. And really the only rule difference in wheelchair tennis is the wheelchair player gets two bounces. So I started playing uh, on my high school tennis team. And they allowed that? No problem? No problem. That's cool. Well, um, it's a USTA rule, which USTA is um, the U.S. governing body for tennis, and ITF, which is international. And um, But I was like one of the first girls in Wisconsin to play wheelchair tennis. And I'll never forget, like... With I, able-bodied people? Or yeah. On... Nobody else had a disability. Huh. I was the only one in a wheelchair, but I got to play. That's cool. But everybody else got one bounce. Did <laughs> your scores count? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The only thing was, a lot of the other teams... I'll never forget, like, one of my first, like, tournaments we went to. We, you know, a bunch of schools show up at a big high school, and you, you play. And I'll never forget my first match. I played this girl, and I think she... Like, I rolled out on the court, and she's like, what the... Because she had never seen anybody else in a wheelchair, right? And yeah. she's like, I remember her like going over to her coach, and she goes, I'm playing her? And her coach was like, yeah, this is where you're going to play. I beat her. I kicked her ass. Good. <laughs> I love you. She wouldn't even come up to the net and shake my hand. She oh. just went off and cried to her coach. Oh, no. And was like, I can't believe I just lost to a girl in a wheelchair. My oh. coach comes up. He's like, way to kick her ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So his coach, the, the other girl's coach comes over, and he's like, is this real? This is legal? She can do this? She gets two bounces? I don't know. Then we like went to the USTA. We got all the rules and made it legit. So I, I played for four years. That's awesome. It was pretty fun. I always find the perspective so interesting because Very. when I was at Lynn, I created the Disability Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, it was in October. And at the end of the month, we would have a big wheelchair basketball tournament. And I had somebody come in who was... Uh, a professional for wheelchair basketball, and he taught all these able-bodied students oh, how to play. Yeah, and we used to have our wheel. Uh, we used to have our basketball team sit down in the chairs and play on their team, and they used to always be like, "Man, this is so much harder," yeah. right? And so I think it's so interesting. <coughs> excuse me, that that girl would have that reaction. Possibly for her pride. Right? I think it was for her pride, uh, How for old sure. were you at the time? You were in high school. Oh, I was so. a freshman. It was my first, uh, yeah, what are you, 14, 15? Yeah. You know, so it's possibly, like, her pride, but when you think about, like, the different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to somebody the other day, and, and we were saying, you know, everybody's going to get to this point at some point, right? We just kind of happened to get there a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, everybody's so, there. <laughs> I think that, like... You being able to kind of pivot your life and pivot your passions, you're not going to let your situation stop you from living your life, um, and especially being an athlete. And I find that to be so admirable because not only, you know, it's pretty easy to tell somebody, oh, I just went to the Paralympics a couple times. Yeah. But... Nobody understands the 4 a.m. alarms. Nobody, no. You know, oh, God, no. Nobody understands 
the amount of workouts that you put your body through, the amount of stress that you put your body through. So much. The, the dietary needs that go into that. I mean, it's a whole different kind of animal that I think a lot more people really need to mm -hmm. respect because when you hear the term Olympian, it's like, oh my God, yeah. you know? And then sometimes I feel like when you hear the word Paralympian, people don't have that same like wow factor when in reality, I really think they should, or I know for a fact they should, because yes, it is different for us to get out of bed in the morning, mm -hmm. but just because it's different doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. No, absolutely. Right? And so I feel like it should have that wow factor of being like, hell yeah, you got out of bed and, and you did exactly what you wanted to go do and set out to do. Absolutely. <clears throat> you spoke a little bit earlier about, um, you know, when you went through high school and you started kind of having those awkward interactions mm. with your buddy Tony, mm -hmm. but then we also talked about the fact that you now have a husband, mm -hmm. right? So there had to be some sort of flip in the situation. Have I? Uh, you are not married to Tony. <laughs> no, I'm not. Tony's like a realtor now. <laughs> it's just so weird. But when did that switch kind of happen? And and can you tell us a little bit about your husband? Um, you mean like the switch as far as like. When I started to get, like, confidence and, yeah, like... Yeah, when you were, like, it's not... Maybe it's not the chair. Yeah. You know, man, there's still... I don't know about you, but, like, there's still days where I'm, like... God, I, I mean, maybe it's different you because I, I, you were born with your disability and I didn't have much time walking around and I, I really don't remember standing and walking, but... You know, sometimes I do have days where I look at people that aren't in a chair or don't have a disability and I'm like, damn, that would be nice. You don't think I do that? <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> Ty thinks that I'm going to wake up when, or he's going to wake up at like 3 a.m. and I'm just going to be standing over him being like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> but no, I think everybody has. The, so, yeah. Um, we're just human. We're right? human. I'm try I mean, the I think the biggest turning point actually for me, Steph, has been... You know, when I met Greg, actually, because Greg and I met when I was probably like 26, 27, and Greg's 11 years older than me, and um, I always had an interest in older dudes. That's just always been... Me too. I think it's my, you know, my, my father complex, <laughs> oh. probably, but that's a whole other side story. I don't need to go there, but... Um, I, I think it's maturity. I think, too, yeah. certain people are able to handle this lifestyle more than others. And that's, I mean, that's just I think personally. That's, I think that's part of it, too. Um, but, you know, I think when I met Greg, I, that's when I realized, like, I think it's because I finally found my person, honestly. You know, like, your soulmate, your person. And then I was like, well, I finally found him. Like, I don't really care anymore what, <laughs> I don't really care anymore what people think. And then that's when I got really comfortable with who I am. And now I've, like, fully, like, I accept it. Like, it is what it is. And Greg, the other day, Greg and I drove all the way up to Payson, which is, like, for you don't know, in Arizona, it's like two and a half hours from Phoenix. He forgot my wheelchair. I kid oh. you not. We got all the way up there. <laughs> we went romping around in the forest. We went off-roading. And then we were like, let's get some food. Yeah, sweet. We pull up to the restaurant. He opens the door. He's like, oh, babe, I forgot your chair. I was like, what do you mean you forgot my chair? He's like, I just totally like, forgot your chair. It's not like me where...
where we could be like, okay, well, I'll just use my crutches. No, it's not that option at all. It's like piggyback Caitlin, or there's no other option. Own. You guys got really close. Yeah, we got really close. So, you know, we ended up just grabbing some food to go and heading home. But, like, he just doesn't see the chair. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. He just doesn't see the chair at all. And so. I find it interesting, too, like, some people that are in the advocacy space sometimes get, like, frustrated. Like, don't say that you don't see my wheelchair. Mm. But, like, I truly believe that, like, people like Ty, people like Greg, they they don't, they obviously know it's yeah. there, but it's not, like, in the forefront no. of your mind of being like, I'm going to be with this girl just because she's in yeah. a wheelchair. No. Yeah, know? no. And so, like, there are those creepy people out there, too, so we're not going mean, to negate that. That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, having that mindset of, like, we're down to do whatever. Okay, you forgot your chair. Let's freaking yeah. figure it out. We figured it out. You know? Exactly. And I think that's where and why we get along so well is because we're just down for anything. Yeah, we're, I'm right? always down for anything. You and I, I want to tell this story because I think it's really funny. Oh, gosh. But we were... What story? When we were walking downtown, and yeah, this, I... the guy looked at you and was like, uh, where can I get those biceps <laughs> or something like that? And, and we were just like... Dude. Why do you have to say things yeah. like that? Like, Caitlin, if you can't see her, obviously, if you're listening to it, Caitlin is very, I mean, uh, there's very it, muscular. You might and want tickets <laughs> to the gun show. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she should be very proud of herself, and she has worked very hard for those muscles, and those muscles have gotten her to very incredible places. Steph, I like to think of these muscles as a freak of nature, <laughs> only because I've been pushing this since I was eight. So, like, can you imagine, like, your, you know, like, your body's right, but, growing, and I just... I feel like a V. Like, I'm just boosh. But I, but I don't feel like anyone has the right to just, like, I don't know, scream things out at you. No, about, that's true. About your body and then <laughs> try to sell something to us. What about the women? Like, the women all day. Damn, I love to have those arms. I'm like, fucking push a wheelchair. It's, not, it's really, that's really what it comes down to. I can get, I, I have four in this room right now. Yeah, exactly. I can, I can give you one. <laughs> like well, you know, don't you get women that are like, Where, how do you get, how do you get those arms like that? Uh, people have definitely said like, I wish I could look as strong yeah. as you. Yeah. But then on the flip side, they'll be like, oh well, I'll pray for you one day, <laughs> and you're just like, okay, that's okay. Fine. Um, I think that should be like a new type of workout, like. If you want to get having able-bodied people, just yeah, sit in maybe maybe for them that's like their arm day, like leg day, like oh, I'm just gonna roll around in a wheelchair for today and work up my arms. Yeah, I don't think people even realize too, like when you're in a manual chair and you are going up the slightest hill. Mm-hmm. If you're walking up that hill, it probably doesn't seem like a hill to you, but we can tell exactly when yeah. the incline. When the incline starts and yeah. we're just like, oh, man, here we go. It's about to get challenging. Here we go. Um, okay. Where don't, do we go? I, I, <laughs> I, don't, I, went, I don't even. I went to the side. This, this podcast is awesome. It is a mixed match of all kinds of things. But I think one of the big questions that I have for you is if there is a little girl out there or a little boy out there that is now seven years old mm. and they have just found themselves in the exact situation that you were in only five years ago. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> what would you tell them? Or, or what would you even tell yeah. their parents? You know, can I just... I, this is a great question, but I'm going <laughs> to go in a circle oh, right you're now. Good, you're good. Hold on. You can edit this all out. But so 
Um, the other day at Ability 360, I got to tell you this because I actually haven't shared this with anybody. Like these were some feelings I had inside and I really didn't share it with anybody. But I work at a nonprofit called Ability 360. It's this gym in Phoenix that is made for people with disabilities, but it's open to everybody. Like you don't have to have a disability to, to work out there. But we get a lot of people that come in after they have like a spinal cord injury or a stroke or a TB, traumatic brain injury. And this girl comes in, this woman, sorry, not girl, she comes in. And she comes in with a turtle shell. If you don't know what that is, it's like a back brace that looks like you have a turtle shell. She's got the high stockings on. Um, you know, her chair's got the armrest, all the, all the features oh. you get right when you get out of the hospital. I find out, I give her a tour. I, you know, her, her PT actually brought her in and her husband. I give them a tour, uh, or I'm, I'm giving them a tour, and I find out she's only a month out of her spinal cord injury and... I take her out to the pool to show her the pool and, and she just starts crying. Like it was overwhelming. It was overwhelming for me because I remember, I re like I, I couldn't imagine going to a place like Ability360 one month after my accident and just like seeing all this shit because you're like, no, I'm gonna walk again. Like you you are not thinking about like, you automatically, you just think you like- You don't think about accessibility needs. You just think you're gonna get back to you your yeah. life. Yeah, you have, you, and I think today in 2022, I think there's a lot, um, I was hurt in 1993. So there's just, there's just so much more technology. There's so much more we know about the spinal cord and like research and stuff like that. So I, I we are finding, I think people that are getting injured today, they're, you know, getting more back than maybe what I got, right? Back in 1993, like- they should have put, you know, they should have injected me with a steroid right away so that it would have, like, helped the swelling, you know. So, um, but this girl comes in. She's got a same injury as me, incomplete, T12, and she's, you know, started to cry, and I just started to cry. And I, I was, like, it came out of nowhere. And I was, like, and then I, you know, after I gave the tour, I, I apologized because I was, like, I don't know what's going on with me either. I'm sorry. You just really reminded me to, uh, took me back to a time when I was in your position. And I said, if, if. I can give you any hope today because I, I see you're overwhelmed and I see you're frustrated and you're confused and why did this happen to me? And I was like, if I can give you any hope today, I'm a four-time Paralympian. I've done more than I could have ever imagined. Hold on. I've done more than I could have ever imagined in this life. And without my accident, the stuff I would have done yeah. never would have happened. That's so incredible. And I, I think a lot of people the the people that we surround ourselves with i hear that so often as like you know i would have never been in the place or met the people i have if it hadn't been for such and such situation and i mean you might not see it right now but you definitely impacted that woman you know and i think it's going to be so cool when she comes back in three mm -hmm. months from now and let's say you know she doesn't have to wear her turtle shell as as long as she was, mm -hmm. or she doesn't have to have the compression socks on anymore. And I think, you know, um, Ability360, we're so lucky to have here in Phoenix because there's not really many places that have a place like this. But when people come from all over, you know, the world, really, really? Um, coming to, to visit it and seeing the beautiful facility, it is interesting because the concept you would think mm -hmm. would be just for adaptive athletes. But even as somebody, I teach a, a class there once a week and every single one of my athletes is able-bodied. And so kind of having that perspective of you see people that are adaptive mm -hmm. training people that are able-bodied or mm -hmm. vice versa. And I think it's just such a cool kind of, it's not really utopian, but it's kind of like this idea that it, anyone can just hang out together yeah. and be together. And everybody 
everybody can be active yeah. and sweat and be fit. It doesn't matter if it doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody can be active, you know, in some way, in some capacity. So if there was a little Sorry, girl, go back to the kid. <laughs> if there was a little girl <laughs> or a little boy and their parents sitting in front of you, what would you tell them today? And if, you know, like same situation, like their life was just changed, like in a split second. In a split second. I would tell them that be prepared for nothing that you've ever expected in your life. Everything that you thought life is about or what you thought life is, is going to be completely different and in a good way when I say different. Like it's just going to be the things, the opportunities, the places you go. If you're, if you get into the world of adaptive sports I mean I got a college scholarship to go play wheelchair tennis at the University of Arizona like a girl from a small town in Wisconsin doesn't that doesn't happen yeah. um I would you know that you know I would tell them that just be ready because your world's going to change and um I forgot where I was going to go with that <laughs> um you were doing so good yeah <laughs> Um, sorry, your world's going to change, but the one thing is what I see a lot of parents, um, a lot of parents with a kid with a disability is sometimes moms and dads, they will really kind of like maybe be, I don't want to say helicoptery or just maybe overbearing. It's really important to, you know, let your kid, even if they have, no matter, even more if they have a disability, to give them that room to grow, to give them that room to make those mistakes, to give them that room to fall, to fall on their face, yeah. to break their ankle, to break their arm. Like, I broke my arm. You know, my mom, um, to this day, you know, I'll never forget, I, it was maybe a year out from my injury. We went to a Brewers game with baseball in Milwaukee. There's a steep-ass ramp, and <laughs> my mom was like, Caitlin, let me help you. And I was like, no, do not touch me. Like, I want to do this. This is me for myself. Like, this this is what gives me – I wanted to push up this steep ramp on myself. And my mom, like, kept wanting to help. And I'm like, no. And we would, like – I would, you know. But then all these people were walking by, and they were looking at my mom like, what a bitch. She's not even helping her daughter. And so my mom felt bad because she's not helping me. And I'm like, no, this is – I need this. So, like, my – I mean, I, I have to give a lot of credit to my mom because – uh, my mom's a very determined lady as well, and she's awesome. She's pretty that. awesome. <laughs> uh, she's pretty badass, you know. Uh, but you know, I have to give her a lot of credit because she was strong in those in those certain circumstances. And it could have been very easy for a parent to, you know, buckle under pressure and be like, "I don't. This is embarrassing. I'm going to help her up the ramp." You know, I was taking a long time. Yeah, Ty and I have had some conversations because we we don't have kids, but we talk about the what ifs, right, mm-hmm. and the, or the bigger picture in life. And if we ever did have a child that did have any sort of adaptive need, uh, there's a difference between letting your child struggle to struggle and getting down on the floor with them and helping them learn how to get back up, right? And so, like, if we had a child and they happened to fall on the floor, instead of just watching them struggle, he always says, he's like, I would get on the floor with him and we'd make a game out of it and we would, you know, get up and move together and, and learn those building blocks together. And I think really over time I've seen you and your mom together I think kind of that's what the two of you have done Uh, and I know we talked that you said recently you had to have your shoulder surgery and Mm -hmm. that was a really big eye-opener for you you got to use a power chair for a little bit (laughs) oh my god that was my first time using a power chair first of all if you ever find yourself if you are you know a person that uses a wheelchair your shoulders I mean that's our legs right and your shoulders are obviously not made like your hips are for walking and so you know, 
it like having shoulder surgery is every paraplegic or quadriplegic's nightmare. I, I definitely got to say that. And it was a challenge. Even because someone with CP, man, I'm so scared of something happening to my shoulders or my hand, my arms because that's my livelihood. It's your livelihood. You know? <laughs> it, your life depends on it. Yeah. And my mom came out here to Arizona to help take care of me for about a month and, and a couple weeks or something like that. And um, but what it did do, it was really brought us more together, I think, than, than anything. And I think both my mom and I are in a really good place in our life. And it's really, really cool to finally be at that spot, you know? Yeah. And, and that's really important to me. That's awesome. Well, before we close this out, because this... That one, went way too fast. I know. We could talk for, like, I could go on. There's so much I haven't said. <laughs> before we close this out, uh, and I'm sure we'll have Caitlin on as another podcast episode. You better. About- I'm going to have to come back because, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am going down, I'm going on a 12-day trip this coming, next Friday, down the Grand Canyon for 12 days. I'm going to have to come back and share that experience. Incredible. I can't wait to hear about that. Okay. Because... You just have the craziest adventures, and I, I love do. it so much. Before Sorry, we go, you're closing. Though, <laughs> <laughs> we could talk for seven hours, but I don't know that our listeners would want I'm to sorry, stay guys. on for seven hours. Um, before we go, though, what's next for you? What's next? Mm-hmm. What's your big? What's the next big thing for Kate? You know, I. Um, that's a good question, Steph, because. A lot of people have been asking me, you know, are you going to go back? Are you going to do another Paralympics? And um, It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> this last one was a lot. Wheelchair tennis is a completely different animal than, you know, para canoe. And, and Would you pull a Tom Brady on retire? It's <laughs> <laughs> a possibility. No. Actually, you know what? I'm actually ready to step away from the Paralympic realm, and I think um, I'm really excited. I want to get into some action sports. I want to do I'm really into mountain biking right now. We got these really sick lasher bikes. I'm gonna get. I, I have one coming in October, and she's gonna make me get on. I'm gonna. Thing. Yeah, Steph's gonna get. We're gonna get her on. We're I'm gonna get stuff on when it cools down a little bit more. No, you're gonna rock it. You're gonna love it. Um, I kind of want to do something different. I'm ready for something else. Yeah, I feel that. I I feel. I think that's called growth, Caitlin. I think you're right. I think, I think I'm. I think I'm finally. I think that's called growth. You know. You know how hard it is to. This is just one last thing I want. But like, you know how hard it is as a professional athlete. Like all of a sudden, you retire, and then what? Like you feel so lost. It's so scary. And like, what's next? And there's coaching, and then there's other. You know, you can be an administrator. Yeah. There's so many other ways you can still be involved in sports. I mean, look at the pictures behind you. I know. <laughs> look at. I mean, yeah. Look at you. You know, I I spend. I spent a large portion of my adult life identifying as a CrossFit adaptive pioneer, so yeah. to speak. And then what happens when you're not necessarily that person anymore? Not that I don't love CrossFit and not that I don't respect the methodology and what it's done for my life, but that's a really good question because even the idea of the way that we eat now Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. way that we fuel our body we're not necessarily fueling our body for the crossfit games or the paralympics yeah you know right yeah so kind of having that switch is hard and and somebody i was on a panel last weekend and one of the ladies brought this up that was really pivotal to me but like I think, you know, when you're in your, your, your high school years and you're athlete, you, you know, you have all that energy, your athleticism is, you know, and then 20s and 30s, you, like, don't realize, like, that's going to end someday. And, like, yeah. it's, like, it's, I'm getting close. I just turned 37. Like, 
Sorry, this fly, but like Fred the fly is still <laughs> we're an hour in and it's still <laughs> I just I, I just you know, like you're not always gonna be an elite athlete for your whole life. And then, you know, that to me was like, Oh yeah, you're not. And I think that's again, I could probably Sorry, cut, that's a whole other podcast. I could probably cut this into a three different podcasts. <laughs> but I I think that's something that we should definitely talk about later on down the road because that's something personally that I'm struggling with. I don't know what my identity is yeah. because Steph the Roach doesn't sound the same as Steph the Hammer. No, right? no, so, not at all. But I... <laughs> Ty in the Sorry. background. Sorry, Ty. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, like I said, you spend so many years, and, and you, you spend so many years training for one day. Even mm-hmm. a Paralympian, you train four years for one week. And then, you know, you kind of have to decompress and be like, what Whoa. What happens after that? Yeah. Right? And so I can't imagine, like, yes, <laughs> I've been doing this for 10 years now, and I've gone into that coaching realm, but there still will always be, like, that mm-hmm. that athletic, yeah. like, desire to compete. Yeah. Like, when I'm with you and we're working out together, oh, yeah. it's all It on, comes out. Right? Like, yeah. But at the end of the day, like... I think that's a that's a really big idea that that isn't really talked about much. No, yeah. Of like the mental health of what happens that's what it. happens when it's over. Yeah. Or what, what? Ha- or what happens when it changes? Yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, yeah. Because you're it's never going to be over for people like us. We I know that because I can't sit on my butt and do nothing. Yeah. And I think like we talk about this idea of perception and what people think about people in chairs. I love the idea of people thinking that you're lazy because you use an accessibility device but yet do you think think people really think we're lazy oh i've heard it before really oh yeah especially when i go from using power chair to manual chair to crutches people oh oh. uh, yeah you have that totally different element you know people have such a strange perception of what that is but like oh you must you just sit in a chair all day and just push yourself right it doesn't matter if you're in a manual chair or whatever it is, the activity level is so much, it takes so much more effort. Mm-hmm. It takes so much more effort just to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You yeah. know, just to get dressed in the morning. And so I think, you know, again, we can talk more about that at, at another point, but I think that that's definitely something that we should bring to light because I don't think it's something that people talk about enough. Yeah, and, you know, um, Simone, Simone Biles really, you know, I think really like changed the way we're starting to look at our athletes, our top athletes, our Olympians and our Paralympians on mental health and, and what do we value most, you know? I, I mean, look at your girl Serena. Serena, yes. Family over, like. I mean, at what point do you say uh, it's time for me to, you know, really focus on the next generation? And yeah. We put so much pressure on women, especially, you know, you get engaged, right? And then people are like, when Where's you get married. Oh, sorry. Right? Where's the marriage? Yeah. Right. Well, and then, well, now who knows? But <laughs> it's like, you get engaged, and the next thing people want to know is, when you get married? When's the date? You get married, and people want to know when when's you have the baby. kids. Right? And then the next thing after that is, well, when's the kid going to XYZ? Yeah. And it's like, everybody can't just allow you to like be in the moment. Yeah. And I think that... Um, you do a really good job of that. And you also do a really good job of setting boundaries for people. Oh, thank you. think so? Yeah, I okay. do. I think, And I know it's something that you've it's, kind I struggle of struggled with, with. But I think 
you ha having that athlete mentality being like, no. I mean, you and I have had this conversation. You've asked me to do some stuff, and I've said yes to you because you're my friend. And then I call you and say, I, I can't. Yeah. Because it's too much. But I respect that more than that to me. Like, I'd rather you do that than be like, come and half-ass it. So right. Or, or just show up for me. I don't want that. Or, you know, whatever. But no is... That's a whole podcast about saying no. <laughs> we, we, we just need to to, <laughs> to start a whole another whole, whole another podcast about mental health. But um, all right, before we go, go. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I'm gonna close it out with this. Okay. If you could go back in time and tell yourself one thing, what would you tell yourself now about how proud you are? If I, ooh, that's, that's a good question. You, like, go back to my seven-year-old self. Yeah. Go back to your seven-year-old self and tell her how proud you are. What would you say? I would say, little Caitlin, you have absolutely no idea what you got yourself into. And you have no idea, I hate to say this, but, I mean, people tell me this. You just told me this, so I'm going to say it. But how many people, how many, how many like impressions you're going to have on people and, and how many lives that you will change just by being you. And I can say that about you as well, Steph, because I know how many people's lives you have changed because I hear it around at the gym. Oh, um, but I think to me at the end of the day, you know, if I could help someone or make their day just a little bit better, then that's, then to me, that's my job. And, and at the end of the day, that's that's what I've always wanted to do. If I can make someone's day just a little bit better, that makes my day better. So, Well, you just being here makes my day better. It makes my whole life better. I love better. hanging out with you. I love coming over here. It's I great. Love, I love hanging out with you. Um, this podcast has been a whirlwind of fun. And I can't wait for you all to just enjoy it. So that's all I got for you today. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.